Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. I don't want to pretend to be the soothsayer. Um, I guess that's the realm some people take, and people are very good at predictions. There's been things we've been right about. I don't, I don't feel a need to be falsely humble. There's some things that I'm really satisfied that we saw coming and a fair number of them, but they're not that hard to see. So I I don't know how, how high I should hoist my flag. I I think I want to be thankful to God for discernment. And some of the things that we have gotten right, uh, where, where, where other people couldn't see it. Uh, We've talked so often in the show. So I, I I don't want to belabor it because that's boring. And it, it sounds like, being a braggart, and that's, I try not to do that because I don't feel like I have anything to brag about. But obviously, we got eight years ago the insane obsession with transing kids, right? We said it then that this is that they intend to do this to as many kids as possible. We said it, this is an attack on the ability to tell the truth about anything. And we were obviously right about that, obviously. So that part stands. Um, The attack on the cities. When we saw what they were doing in Seattle, we said, this is going to replicate. It's a testing grounds. The Antifa people doing their training in in Washington State and Seattle. That was seven or six or seven years ago where we started to do programs about, hey, you know, this paramilitary leftist group called Antifa, they're teaching people how to turn protest signs um, the, the, the protest signs into swords or how to hide swords in protest signs, the posts of the signs. They're teaching people how to make improvised explosive devices. They're teaching people simple street fighting tactics. And they're practicing this stuff. And what they're doing is they are numbing young people to the fear of cops. They're normalizing violence against law enforcement. They're normalizing being arrested so that they take the fear out of it. Because the fear of the thing is almost always worse than the thing itself, which is a, an axiom in life that I think is useful. So we started talking about that. That, obviously, we were correct. Uh, when we described the Washington State at the time in Oregon, because that's where the show was, and you know, now thank you to Rush Limbaugh, God bless him, nationwide and worldwide, 
when we pointed out that they were separate countries that were divorcing themselves regionally from the federal governments, we were right. Right now, they're not pressing the gas on that because it's their comrades who run Joe Biden. But if God willing, we get a, a good, godly, God-fearing Republican president one day in a majority, they'll go right back to separate country status. Which began with, no, we're going to welcome illegal immigrants. We said at the time, they are building an army. That doesn't necessarily need to be a violent army. It's becoming that. But they were building pressure groups and destabilizing. So these are some of the things that, that we got right. We said, look, they're going to try to put President Trump in prison. Boom. So you probably said all the same things, with maybe the exception of the transing of kids, because very few people saw that coming, as much as we tried to make the case that it was coming. Oh, the pornographic sex ed, the, 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 the grooming of kids. Uh, it was about five years ago that I started to say, you know that they're going to normalize pedophilia. And that is um, with maps. I think if I were to look back on our show archives, I think the first time I used the phrase map, the first time I used that phrase was probably five or six years ago because I became aware that they were working on a map flag, minor attracted person flag. So we can take the patterns we see around us and we can apply it to what they intend to do next. And that is the purpose of this particular episode of the show. What patterns do we see and what does that, what does that portend? What a great word, portend for the future. So we'll go through 10 things tied to news stories and talk about what I think this means for what the party intends to do. It's actually nine stories and then a tenth one that's not a it's not a news story. But it's it's the most important of them. It's, it's the most important. Um, I had a conversation uh, and I'm this is gonna stun people. It's gonna blow people's minds. I was in a gym. <laughs> I know gosh me in a gym. What are the odds? I had a discussion with a guy I've not met before, and we were just, I was cooling down from a workout, he was warming up, and he and I got to talking about family, just two dudes. It's about my age, and he's a little heavy, not, I mean, working hard in the gym. But he asked me something, um, I had to really struggle with this. He said, because he was asking me about working out, what do you do? And, and I told him why I do what I do. And we talked about how we started. And I, I happened to mention, you know, hey, I lost a lot of weight. And I really like that's why I like doing all the gymnastics and stuff. And he said, how much weight? 180 pounds. Wow. Okay. He said, can I ask you a question about that? I go, yeah. He goes, I thought he was going to ask him about himself. But he didn't. He said, um, I have an adult daughter who I'm really, really worried about. Uh, in terms of her body. And he looked around, I said, is she here? He said, yeah. I said, all right, well, 
goes, I'll be quiet. And he said, it's, it's that, that she can't seem to make any progress. And I think it's really driving her nuts. Obviously, I love my kid. And I think she's beautiful with or without the weight, but it's, I think it's, so have you ever worked with women on this? I said, well, first of all, hey, I'm not a practitioner. Like I don't teach this stuff. I've, I've lost a lot of weight, a lot of fat. I, I have an idea of how it's done. So let me ask what she's doing. He said, well, that's the thing is, is she's just, I mean, she's so diligent. All she ever eats is salads and like, that's really it. I mean, salads and, and vegetable juice and, I mean, she's really diligent that way. Fruits. And I'm listening to this man. I said, well, if you're looking for my feedback, I think it sounds like she needs some help. And that's what I did. So you went to like, you know, weight loss places? No, I mean, look, here's what I recommend. And I told him about the soda weight loss protocol because it's worked worked for my wife. It worked for my sister. It worked for dear friends. I, myself... I've taken off 180 pounds of fat. And I said, here's what I suggest is let's figure out what she needs. I mean, I have my ideas. I don't think she's eating enough protein. I can, and I told the man that right there. I said, I just tell you, the protein is the absolute cornerstone of this. And if she's not eating that, I don't think she's going to have a lot of success. Doesn't sound like she's eating a lot of fat. Goes, oh, she won't eat fat. That's the thing. I said, biggest myth. Fat makes you fat. So I wrote down soda weight loss, S-O-T-A weight loss.com. I said, first of all, she's probably hungry all the time. He goes, yeah. I go, okay, that's not going to work. Being hungry will not all the time is not going to cause you to drop fat. I mean, initially, yeah, but it's your body will catch up. So did the same thing I'm doing now with you is I said, soda weight loss. And I said, their protocol is about removing the hunger from fat loss. I said, they're going to, they're going to ship her a bunch of foods uh, they're going to provide that 85% of the foods at no additional cost. I said, I know you love your kid. So understand that it's a judgment-free zone. She's going to work with a team of professionals, nutritionists, dietitians, coaches to help her through this. I said, give it to her for Christmas. You guys talk about this stuff. He goes, oh yeah, she's very open. I said, so do weight loss. So do weight loss. S-O-T-A-WeightLoss.com. And yeah, you know what? It is going to be about our bodies uh, for the f- foreseeable future. Uh, prediction number one, and this isn't going to surprise anyone who listens to the cast. The modified RNA injections are going to continue to kill unprecedented numbers of people with cancers and heart attacks and myocarditis and pericarditis and neurological problems, uh, suicides. It will continue to pass from generation to generation. And you one would think, well, then they'll stop. Well, no, they're not going to stop. The next round of this stuff, they're going to try to do on a passive basis. Okay, they do not want us to have choices about this. Because they're obsessed with turning us into, well, hosts for apps. They view your body as what you would call an OEM. Original Equipment Manufacturer. They view all of humanity as a huge uninstalled user base. Just equipment that doesn't have the right apps in it. Well, and the apps that are in it might be the right apps. Like our immune system is the right app, except they don't own it. And they don't own the upgrade cycles. So going back to November of 2020, in something that's only covered in dissident science, so you yourself can go read the patents, 
scientists were working on. This came from the Bulletin of the um, Atomic Scientists. Scientists are working then on so-called vaccines that spread like a disease, and they wisely ask here, what could go wrong? And just the first paragraph from that, once a COVID-19 is, uh, vaccine is approved for public use, officials around the world will face a monumental challenge of vaccinating billions of people, a logistical operation rife with thorny ethical questions. What if instead of orchestrating complicated and resource-intensive campaigns to vaccinate humans against the emerging infectious diseases like COVID-19, we could instead stop the zoonotic diseases that sometimes leap from animals to people at their source? A small but growing number of scientists think it's possible to exploit the self-propagating properties of the virus and use them to spread immunity instead of disease. Can we beat viruses like SARS-CoV-2, the novel coronavirus, at their own game? You can tell that's from the 2020 because they're pretending that SARS-CoV-2 was novel, meaning never seen before. It's manufactured, no doubt in my mind, it's gain of function, but it's based upon coronaviruses. And now let's just remember that the injections, the effects of the injections do spread. Not the way they would like, perhaps, but they do through close contact, including sexual contact from mother to child. But that's not exactly what they want. They want it to spread person to person in a more, one would say, elegant way or complete controllable way. So we get this. And this is a new article. They've been working on this since 2018, but we're just now learning about it. And that is a the world's Japan has approved the world's first self-amplifying mRNA COVID injection. And interestingly, they chose not to publish the safety or efficacy thereof. So self-amplifying, what does that mean? It means that invented in Japan, tested on only 800 people, no control group, and only checking antibody levels, not infection rate, they decided to move forward with this. Antibodies. If you stick yourself with a pen that's dirty, your body's going to deliver antibodies. Even if it's just like a pencil. If you get antibodies, that doesn't mean you have immunities. It means your body said, what the heck is that? We need to protect ourselves. So this approach uses a self-assembling nano particle so the nanoparticle the nanotech is in your body it assembles itself and goes about its work and it can be turned up to do what to make even more spike proteins oh you're not getting the immune response we want let's make more what is the spike protein it's the most poisonous element in covid or the injections but there's not enough of it in our bodies. So we know that spikes spread. We know the effects of the RNA, modified RNA, including apparently, one would think the frame shifting, that's the making of junk nonsense proteins spread into babies. How is it that amplifying the number of spike proteins induced in someone's body or cons, you know, the conning someone's body to make, how would it not be that those would also 
amplify the spread. So there were going to see very specific efforts. They're not going to talk about it. But to spread the effects of these injections against our will. Because their will is the only will that matters. And there's links to both of those articles in the show notes if you yourself want to check them out. Of course, this means we're going to see lawsuits over the injections. And some of these are already moving forward. Now, we've had people on the show who are fighting uh, hospitals. We've had Scott Shera on. We've had Stacey Ogresnik on. And they're winning in ways that, that it was thought impossible. The fact that Scott's lawsuit now is moving forward. And it's no longer about negligence. That's, that's, not, that's not Scott's lawsuit anymore. His daughter is, is, um, was, was Grace. She had Down syndrome and, in my judgment, was murdered using Tony Fauci's COVID protocols that they paid hospitals to, to inflict upon people. In his case, what's so important about it is it's now a, um, it's, it's a, uh, it's a civil case, so it's not criminal assault, but it's assault. Assault on her body, meaning that the hospitals and the doctors cannot hide behind their liability shield of negligence meaning it's an act they did on purpose. They meant to kill Stacy. Pardon me, meant to kill Grace. So we're going to see more lawsuits, case in point. The uh, Italian health minister is under investigation for murder concerning the COVID injections. So we're absolutely going to see more lawsuits. And some countries are going to have to do payoffs to make it look like they're not in the pocket of pharma. This comes from, um, it was originally Vigilant News Network, and this is Vigilant Fox on the Substack. Former Italian health minister Roberto Sparenza is under investigation for homicide after emails revealed that from the very start of the so-called vaccinations, he knew the shots were killing people and gave orders to local health authorities to conceal deaths and serious side effects in order to reassure Italian citizens of their safety and to not jeopardize the so-called vaccination campaign. Greg Reese reported this, uh, works with Alex Jones at InfoWars. And this has been now reprinted in La Verita, which is a German and Italian publication. There is um, an English translation linked in the show notes. So in Italy, we're seeing an investigation. Now, investigations are just investigations, but they have the emails. We also have statements that people at least knew the injections didn't work. We have statement after statement because I lived there and worked there from the, the boss, the dictator of the, the state of the separate country of Washington. His entire healthcare team knew these injections didn't stop transmission or infection. In fact, they knew that people who, were, people who had been injected and were having parties were actually the super spreaders. They knew that, but they continued to push forward with this. That in and of itself should be grounds for lawsuits because they knew that they were lying about this. And so they helped in fraud. They assisted in a massive, massive and deadly fraud. So what I'm predicting here is that countries are going to have to do something to appear to not be in the pockets of pharma. There's going to have to be some people sacrificed. I think they'd like it to be Donald Trump. 
But I'm surprised they haven't pulled that out yet. I think they're hoping to get him taken off the ballot or in prison. And I, what, they, what I think they hope is that enough of us vote for him, even though he's in prison, but most Republicans don't, uh, that that's their way of winning. I mean, and that's, would you put that past them? Uh, I, I simply wouldn't. 80% of Americans are short on magnesium, which leads to feelings of anxiety and terrible sleep. If you're not getting the sleep you need, get to bioptimizers.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd to get 10% off all their products, particularly magnesium breakthrough. This is the product I take a couple hours before bed. It's not a sleeping pill. It's nothing like that. It fights anxiety because it regulates the hormone cortisol. Magnesium does that. Magnesium breakthrough has all seven forms of magnesium. So I feel relaxed. You guys have never seen me relax. I can't be relaxed and do the show. When I relax, I feel warm and ready for sleep. And one of the greatest pleasures in the world is reading a book in bed after you have your talk with your wife and you're praying, you're reading a book and the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning. I never get that unless I'm on Magnesium Breakthrough. Go to bioptimizers.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd to get 10% off all their products, including Magnesium Breakthrough, so that your dreams can power your recovery of your body and then you can power life bioptimizers.com slash Todd, promo code Todd for 10% off. So governments are going to have to do something to make it appear that they are, that they're not getting wagged around by pharma. We're going to begin to see more of the effects of, of a state of, of governments refusing to have on their team, anybody with any form of conservative view. That's one thing. We know that. But something else, truth-telling is going to now get you fired. There's a very careful, very deliberate effort to make it untenable, uncomfortable, impossible to continue to work in government if you are not willing to be the liars. Um, And I got to give credit. I cannot believe this got published in, in the separate country of Washington. It is stunning to me. I don't know what happened at King 5 News, which is the most disgusting race-hustling network uh, I've ever seen. I, and I mean, I could play you audio of them. Racism is baked into the American pie. That was news. So the fact that Sabrina, or Savannah Frame got this published, probably Susanna Frame got this published at King 5 News in Seattle, the NBC affiliate, is stunning to me. But I want to give her all the credit in the world because this stuff should never appear. It's verboten. It is criticizing the dictator of Washington state. Well, I tried to do the right thing and they eliminated my job. Scott Smith says his 35-year career as a public sector economist was ruined over gas prices. For the last five years, he's been the state's top economist in forecasting pricing at the pump. It was his job to mathematically predict how much revenue the state should expect to make on gas taxes and fees. But after nearly four decades of service in the field, Scott says his latest calculations for the Washington State Department of Transportation ticked off state leaders. And he says he felt forced to resign. I've been damaged. I'm 64 years old. I've got nowhere to go. They left me no other choice. When a new state policy to fight carbon emissions and climate change went into effect early this year, that's when the... Oops, she couldn't help herself. 
Got to speak a little bit of the party line to fight climate change. No, no, no. You come on, Suzanne. That's when the trouble started for The Economist. The policy is called the cap and trade program, where the state's biggest polluters must pay for their carbon footprints. Carbon dioxide, Suzanne. It's not carbon. We are carbon. Please, 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 please get to the good part then of the Then the state uses the money on things like subsidizing solar energy and getting more electric cars and buses on the road. State leaders told the public not to worry. Cap and trade wouldn't mean higher prices at your favorite <laughs> gas station. And there were people who believed it. And this guy's a hero because he listened to what he did or didn't do. I don't think anybody is going to sit there on January. Okay, so this is a, a weasel named J uh, Joel. I shouldn't say that. This is a guy who's lying for a living at this point named Joel Cresswell. Sit there on January 1st and say, oh, huh. He's you know, Department of Ecology. A bunch. It must be those new carbon regulations ecology put in place. You know, I really don't think it's going to be noticeable. So all in all, over time, we don't think there'll be a big impact on prices. That's Luke Martland. He's a guy who lied and for a living for the state. went up, government officials pointed to other reasons for the hikes. Look at the profits they have made. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dictator the of the separate country, of Jay Inslee. This summer, Governor Inslee held a press conference blaming the increases not on state policy, but on the greed of big oil. He's standing in front of school buses, by the way. The, the dictator, like, like he spends a lot of time around school buses. Today, gouging us in their oil and gas prices. Well, that just flies in the face of reality. It's really sixth grade math. <laughs> Scott Smith's analysis found cap and trade would create a noticeable hike on gas prices. His estimate, 45 to 50 cents a gallon. An illegal complaint filed today against Washdot and the governor's office. He alleges his boss told him to keep that quiet. Management would prefer he not include cap and trade surcharges in his quarterly report. I wouldn't do it because it, it just wasn't right. I've never had anyone tell me to, to jimmy the numbers to to come now he didn't well, they didn't want it in writing they did not want this man to send emails or put anything in writing why because they didn't want us to be able to discover the truth through freedom of information act stuff smith put the predicted increases in his report anyway and his complaint alleges the retaliation was swift and ugly from there including his duties were scaled down or eliminated well that's a trend of the future because according to him that's exactly what they did you need to lie. So one of the trends we're going to see is good employees like this man who are told to lie or leave. And they're going to apply pressure because what the government is doing cannot withstand even the slightest scratching at the surface. Anybody who understands anything about math knows when a government makes a product more expensive, the company's not going to just say, well, I guess we better pay that. They're going to pass that on. And here's what's headed for people like that. Misinformation, this lie of misinformation, here's why it's a lie. I, there is information that's false. Obviously, there's lies that the government was lying there. That's misinformation. But to let the government or anybody in power decide what is misinformation cannot ever be allowed to occur because it puts them in charge of truth. God himself is truth. But they're going to make a change on how misinformation is discussed. The World Economic Forum is already doing this. They are going to insist 
that misinformation is actually an issue of cybersecurity. This is coming from a World Economic Forum study, and that they insist that cybersecurity is tied to misinformation. It was a forum called Cybersecurity Futures 2020 New Foundation. The study postulates the future of cybersecurity lies rather in safeguarding the integrity and source of data. It introduces a new novel perspective on the significance of locating and quashing fabricated information, cynically tagged as misinformation or disinformation held in the cybersecurity domain. Various international conferences, both virtual and geolocated, were instrumental in shaping the inside of the study. Sessions held across the world in conjunction with online gatherings invited participants from Europe to supposedly as catalysts in outlining the futuristic hypothetical scenario catapulting cybersecurity to 2030. The World Economic Forum report pushes digital security literacy training as quintessential to warding off threats posed by misinformation and disinformation, referring to them as core of cyber concerns. In other words, it's not just now that, oh, people told lies about the beautiful injections. It's that your bank account is at risk because people lie. Your retirement's at risk because people spread lies online. People have always spread lies. And people have always had wrong opinions. But government has never before faced a circumstance where a clown like me on this podcast can affect policy in South Dakota. And this is me speaking. And I didn't do it. God provided us this cast. You guys provided us the pressure. When we had legislators here that we were covering the attempt to seize farmland in South Dakota to build a carbon dioxide pipeline, they reached out to us. And on the podcast, when we interviewed them multiple times, talked about the issue multiple times, They were kind enough to write back and say, you made a huge difference here. This is stalled for now. They'll come back. They're not used to some clown in the high mountains of Idaho being able to affect policy that way. So they must tie disinformation and misinformation to cybersecurity because people do not want their retirement accounts hacked. So they're going to invent new boogeymen. They'll do something else. In Canada... Uh, Well, let's talk about this first uh, because it's more relatable. It's more related to this story. The other thing we're going to see is a ramping up of allowed hacking. Let me explain what I mean. Rumble recently was put through a massive DDoS attack that stands for a distributed denial of service attack. It is a, it's, it's easy to do, but at this scale, it's, it's, it's expensive to do. It requires a lot of moving parts. So you may have noticed that some important Rumble videos were gone. In fact, um, at a point, all Rumble videos were gone. And in fact, Rumble itself was down. Their CEO has confirmed that this was a massive cyber attack. I don't hear any, I don't observe any hand-waving, any panic, any concern at all about this. So the CEO of Rumble says that he ties this to their release of the CCTV footage from January 6th. He said that the moment they put that up so that people could analyze it, the massive DDoS attack occurred. I will contend to you, here's what I mean about, it's not white hack hacking. 
that means something. That means you're trying to help a company. What I mean is this is, this is well, let's just call it this. It's state hacking. I will contend, and I'm going to guess, that they've gone beyond the election integrity projects and that the Pentagon has gone beyond trying to control narratives and to punish people for speaking truth about COVID and to spying on us. I am going to contend that efforts like this are going to be found out eventually to be a, a, a state-driven. A DDoS attack on this level, it can be done. We were victimized by this at uh, the Republican National Committee, and they did a really, really good job, and they never took us down again. We've, we never, ever let that happen again, and they tried. But Rumble, massive infrastructure. So I'm going to guess and contend that the Pentagon and the Department of Homeland Security, etc., are using foreign actors to go after events like this and information like this. We're going to see infrastructure used this way. If you think about the power of the Amazon cloud, the Microsoft cloud, the Google cloud, alone or in conjunction, they're big enough to shut down any and all news stories that they don't want people to see. There's other ways they're going to try to do that. We'll talk about that coming up with something that's going on in Canada. And this has to do with bureaucracies. So we're going to see massive attacks like this. And people are going to wonder. They're going to name some hacker group that's doing this. And, oh, it must be. It's probably Putin. It's probably Putin doing it. But I'm going to bet we'll eventually find out that the Pentagon is doing this behind the scenes the same way that they gave the order, well, on the injections. Um, there's one other thing that's coming in. Well, there's not, we're not even oh, halfway through the list. There's something else that's coming. It has to do with lawsuits filed on behalf of trees. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh, I hope that they do not go after the, uh, the, the coffee beans. Because then, then it's going to go too far. Then it's revolting. At that point, you're coming for a coffee. Now it's, a, it's, a, it's the Idaho coffee party. And we'll talk about these lawsuits that are coming literally to be filed on behalf of trees. And plants and rivers and mountains and streams. And this could affect some of our favorite products. Like bone frog coffee. Uh, it is, if you're hearing this when you should be on the 14th. Well, not when you should be. You listen when you want to. That's podcasting. But it dropped. I love it when industries come up with their own phrases. Yeah, we dropped our cast today. Oh, you did? You dropped it? Did you hit the ground? Because we drop other things, and it's not always polite. It dropped on the 14th. There are then, you can do the math on your own, 11 days to Christmas. And I am smelling beautiful bone frog coffee in people's stockings for breakfast I'm seeing sample packs, six, four-ounce samples that you give to people who don't yet know the story about Bonefrog, the excellence of the coffee, that it is not just invented by a coffee legend, in many cases, Dave Stewart, who started Seattle's Best Coffee, but it actually is made by him in many cases, and he mentors the team. The team is led by a Navy SEAL, Tim Cruikshank, 25-year Navy veteran, did three tours as a medic on the SEAL teams. And he's created some very, very special, only available for Christmas roasts like Sons of Valor. That's available in K-Cup. Stay Frosty Tactical Blend. 
Holiday Frogman is a dark roast, and there are Christmas boxes or holiday boxes you choose. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. Use promo code, to get, uh, promo code Todd to get 10% off your first order. You'll also get 15% off Bonefrog Coffee subscriptions. Just enter Todd, T-U-D-D, at checkout. It's bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. Bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd, code Todd. And if you've got a loved one like a husband or a wife who loves the frog, check out the merch. The Bonefrog merch is as top-notch as it gets. Bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd. This stuff started over on the, um, in the separate countries, Oregon and California and Washington. And there's now more momentum to give plants <laughs> and animals the ability to file a lawsuit. How? Or rivers. Uh, in Panama, there's a new law that's been used to shut down one of the largest copper mines in the world. Behind that effort in that country was Cali Velenroff, Velenturf, pardon me, Velenturf, a 31-year-old American marine biologist from Massachusetts. Paying attention? Why did a marine biologist from Massachusetts go to Panama to, to do this? Because he knew he could get it done, or she did. She spent much of her career studying and advocating for the protection of sea turtles, but a legal battle to protect herself from sexual harassment in 2018 became a turning point for Velen Turf, who realized nature did not have the same legal recourse as, a, as she had as a human. I realized that we can't defend the rights of nature as I just defended my rights because nature largely has no rights in her legal system, Velen Turf told CBS News. The marine biologist said a book, The Rights of Nature, A Legal Revolution That Could Save the World, helped her solidify the idea of her mind and causing her to make it a mission to advance the concept across the globe. It prioritizes the needs of the ecosystem, not the needs of humanity. The marine biologist brought, uh, brought the idea to Panama's first lady in parliament where it gained widespread support and eventually became law. The law has since been used by the Supreme Court to shut down a $10 billion copper mine that opponents claim would threaten tropical jungles and water supplies. In the U.S., Seattle recently recognized the rights of salmon to pass through the city's dams, according to the CBS News report, while North Carolina has been considering giving rights to the Haw River ecosystem, to a river. Okay, this is simply a mental shell game. The fish are not suing. They can't because, well... Gosh, they're fish. It's the human beings who are doing the suing, but now they get to say, oh, it's not us. It's not us. Yeah, the fish did it. The river filed the lawsuit. They hired us an attorney. They, they literally, you literally can stand in court as an attorney. Uh, Your Honor, uh, Todd Herman representing um, the Coeur River. Is your client here? Um, you're on there. Uh, Coraline River's not here. Uh, we did file a, um, paperwork with the court uh, uh, to have um, the uh, river appear via Zoom. Okay, turn the Zoom camera on. I want to talk to the river. Uh, you're on uh, the, the river chooses to remain silent. Uh, it's Fifth Amendment, right? This movement here, and here's the prediction, is going to be used very, very carefully to intensify the war against family farms. We'll see more lawsuits like this. That's prediction number six. Prediction number seven, they're going to be used to attack family farms. How? Well, it's a very, very straight line. 
Your Honor, Todd Herman representing uh, a cow. Is the cow here? Yes, Your Honor. The cow is in a trailer. I want the cow to come into the courtroom. Uh, Your Honor, the cow objects to coming into the courtroom. The cow is uh, the, the, the cow is a phobia of small spaces. That's it. Cows have representatives in court. But only big companies will be able to defend against this. If radical environmentalists with all the funding in the world come after your family farm, Greenpeace style, and attack your farm legally, your lawyer is going to go, yeah, you could fight this for sure if you have 10 million bucks. So what do we do? Uh, plan ahead. Hook up now with local farmers. Begin the defense system now. Begin right now pressuring Republicans everywhere to understand the threat. Question them. At any and all town hall meetings, ask them, are they going to attack the food supply? Is there an attempt to constrict the food supply? Are they going to try to ban consumption of meat? Because they're going to try to ban the consumption of meat and then other foods so that we have to buy patented foods. Now, you're hearing about this from someone that some people would say, I'm an independent journalist. I think that's a stretch. I don't know that I'm a journalist. But if I was in Canada, according to a new law in Canada, I have to regulate my podcast. Or is it just the streaming services? Yes, right now, it's just the streaming services that broadcast podcasts. So they could say that the Todd Herman Show, since we do broadcast this podcast, has to register with the government. They can say it about Rumble or anyone else up there because they do broadcast podcasts. Rumble does. And you know and I know that reg regulation registration is the first step to regulation and regulation will be the first step to strangulation. They cannot withstand, their ideas cannot withstand the slightest picking at. So we'll see a movement across the globe and Nikki Haley gave it away. She wants to know who everybody on social media is. No anonymous comments, even though many of our founders wrote anonymous letters because it was risky at that time. Hey, look, history repeats itself to be out against the government. So we're going to see more of this. Last news story prediction, and then the most important prediction of all. The border crisis that's brought more than 12,000 illegal aliens flooding the border in 24 hours after Jay Johnson, the former head of the Department of Homeland Security, said that 1,000 in a day would be catastrophic. It could collapse the system. 1,000 a day. They had 12,000 in 24 hours. Tony Blair gave this game away. We played a clip of him last week where Tony said, the only way for us to do deportations, the only way for us to figure out who's in the country legally versus illegally, the only way to do that is everybody's got to have a digital ID. There are things that we're going to have to refuse. And then there's Romans 13. It's going to be a battle. My suggestion, pray in advance. I am pretty sure I'm not going to take a digital ID. And I will tell you why. I don't see any constitutional authority for the government to constrict my purchases to things they want me to buy. Not in a wholesale sense. 
sure, I can't go out and buy fentanyl unless I go across the border to the separate country of Washington, then I can buy all I want. I could go do it in half an hour. But food products tied to my social score, I see no constitutional authority for a government to tie my identity to my purchasing, therefore being able to control my purchasing based upon my points of view, and that's exactly what they're seeking. And they could say, you're lying. Our legislation doesn't call for that. That's You're not compliant to Romans 13. What I can say to them is, oh yeah, I can look at the patterns. Every single entity pushing for this has talked about a central bank digital currency. We already have digital currencies. Credit cards are digital. So it's the central bank part you want. Why? Every single person who's talked about this said it would give them more control. We know they seek the China model to force you to purchase products you don't want from companies you don't like at prices you cannot afford, and to tie that to your social credit score. I know that's the plan. Therefore, I'm not going to lie about it not being the plan. And therefore, no, I am not going to give in to a, it takes not the mark of the beast because it's not yet that, but I'm not going to walk into that kill shoot. I'm going to practice the muscles now of saying no. I was just reading scripture and I'm going to forget this because it came up during youth group, but it's from revelation that in talking about how people gain victory, one of the things that John wrote was they did not, I'm going to screw this up. I should look this up. It was this, they did not love their lives to death. They did not love their lives to death. Now, just think about that statement in terms of revelation and in terms of this attempt to make us all sign up for a digital bank central currency. It's Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Meaning, I think, that when the beast came along and said, unless you take my mark, You cannot buy or sell. There were people who said, oh my gosh, how are we going to eat and drink? We need to take the mark of the beast. They loved their lives to death, meaning spiritual death. I will not walk into the kill shoot of spiritual death. I will not normalize the, it can neither buy nor sell without our opinion, without our, without our, our, our permission. And specifically, when it's going to be based upon our points of view. The most important of all these, everything we talked about, we kept for last. It's this. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We're safe. This is not our home. We're passing through. You're in a war. It's a spiritual one, for sure. But it's like a storm blowing through. Whether this storm, do it without denying God, without walking into the kill shoots like the central bank digital currency, like the digital ID, practice saying no. 
and leaning into God. That's overall where this show has traveled. That's the prediction. Except it's not a prediction, it's a fact. God says a thing. God has done the thing. Thank you, Lord, for being our fortress, our deliverer, our rock, our refuge, our shields, our horns of salvation, and our stronghold. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and please make every effort to trust in God Almighty. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year. And some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.